This is part 3 titled The Believer's Perspective in this sermon series on spiritual realities. Be enriched as you listen to this message. Today we are in part 3 on uh, on the sermon series called Spiritual Realities and uh, what we are trying to do is really uh, open our hearts and minds uh, to understand that there is another realm that we sometimes tend to forget or sometimes we just neglect simply because it is not uh, something that we engage with regularly i'm just speaking in general terms here uh, some of us may be more aware of the spiritual world and the spiritual realities uh, than others so i'm just speaking generally so uh, our intent in this series especially as we speak to god's people believers is to awaken us and say hey there is this there other dimension uh, the realm of the spirit and god is spirit so he lives in this realm and uh, we must understand spiritual realities we must understand spiritual dynamics and we must understand how to engage with the realm of the spirit so in part 1 of uh, this series we gave an overview of uh, the unseen realm and Uh, how it overlaps with the natural realm the realm that you and I are very familiar with in part 2 uh, last sunday we give some insights on how god perceives the natural realm so, you know so it's very interesting to uh, you know step out of our world our natural world step into god's realm and try to look at things from god's perspective how does god see all the things that are going on in the natural and what are some of the things he's spoken to us about which he has revealed to us and so we did some of that last sunday today i want to talk about the believer's perspective of unseen realities that means uh, as believers how are we supposed to live our lives understanding spiritual realities while also engaging in our natural world which we do all the time so how do we you know it's almost a duality of existence how do we connect these two realms as believers and so really uh, we're starting this journey of discovery today we we'll mention a few things but then we're going to build on this next sunday as we uh, talk about um, rules of engagement and how to engage the spiritual world into the natural world Uh, and then again we will have one more message in the series before we close uh, which will kind of build further on this uh, as we talk about the believer's perspective of spiritual things and how that would uh, uh, engage or uh, make sense or be brought into relevance in the natural world so the first thing that i want to bring uh, to our attention is this that you are a spirit being the bible tells us in this first thessalonians 5 and verse 23 the apostle paul tells us you know he says may god i may the god of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our lord jesus christ spirit soul and body so every person is a tripart being yours you are a spirit being you have a soul which is your mind your will your emotions and you live in a body the body is a physical outer man so this is uh this is 
what every person is, spirit, soul, and body. Now, the fact of the matter is that we are so accustomed to the natural world. We, uh, we develop the natural person. Uh, we engage uh, a lot. Uh, a lot of things that we do uh, are with respect to the physical man, the natural man. We also spend a lot of time developing our soul realm, uh, the intellect, the mind. Uh, we deal with our emotions and so on. So we are very familiar with when our body and our soul, all of us uh, can quickly recognize that. But when it comes to the spirit part of us, uh, we, many of us may not be spending enough time on our spirit. But what I want to impress on us, first of all, is that we are a spirit being. You are really a spirit being. You have a soul and you live in a body. Now, when the body dies, uh, the physical body decays, but the spirit continues to live. The Bible tells us that um, God is the father of spirits. That means he's the creator, the source, the originator of all spirits. It means every human being originated from there. God created us. But the Bible also tells us in Ecclesiastes 3.11 that God has set eternity in our hearts. That means not only are we, our spirit is going to live on and on and on, even after our body dies, our body decays, but God has also placed something of eternal nature inside of us so that there is, in every person, every person, there's a sense of the eternal, something beyond this realm, a sense of even the past and the future, something bigger than what meets the eye or what is in the natural realm. God has placed eternity in our hearts, the Bible says. So I want, to, I want us to recognize that, that we are really spiritual beings first, and then the soul and the body. Uh, for most of us, it's the other way. We, you know, we emphasize a lot on the physical and the psychological part, the emotional part of us. Uh, we don't, and we tend to neglect, or we don't pay too much attention to the spirit. But let's reverse that. We are spiritual beings. We have a soul and we live in a body. The spirit part of us is eternal, meaning it's going to live on from the time God created us on. Now, I want us to understand that the spirit uh, of man uh, has functions. It is capable of things. It's not just you know, some air, empty space inside of us. Uh, that you know that doesn't have any value. Uh, that's just there. Uh, it's like you know uh, uh, an emptiness in our, in our, inside of us. That that's not the spirit. The spirit is is a real being. Your spirit is a real being and has functions. And maybe someday we will explain or go into depth on the functions of the human spirit. But let me just share with you seven functions of the human spirit that we can prove from the scriptures. We can share it. Uh, we can um, go in depth in each of these, uh, each one of these seven functions of the human spirit. Uh, number one, the Bible, and all of this are revealed to us in scripture. Number one, there is the conscience, a sense of right and wrong. That's a function of the human spirit. Number two, knowing. There is the ability to uh, receive spiritual revelation and knowledge through the spirit senses. So just as our physical body has five senses, 
through which we pick up, we, we know things in our natural world, the spiritual also has spirit senses through which you can receive revelation and understanding of the spiritual realm, and that's a function of the human spirit. Number three, communion, worship of God. That's another function of the human spirit. The human spirit is capable of communing and fellowshipping with Almighty God, who is a spirit. Number four, container. The human spirit acts as a container, or the Bible talks uses different language, talks about it being a house, uh, it talks about it being a dwelling place. So the spirit is the container or a carrier of uh, the things of God, the life of God, the nature of God, the grace of God, the glory of God, the anointing of God, uh, the very presence of God. So your spirit is really a container, carrier, a home, a house, uh, a residing place, a residence of all of God. Now, number five, your spirit is uh, has the function of identity. Your real identity lies there in your spirit. You know, uh, just as in the natural, there is identity. A physical person carries an identity. People look at you, they recognize you, you've got a fingerprint, and many other things uh, that uh, in the natural provide you your identity. In the same way, your spirit has the function of spiritual identity. Uh, that's a very important function of the human spirit. Number six, your spirit is capable of action. Your spirit is capable of believing God, of uh, doing things in the realm of the spirit, of um, interceding, of fighting, of uh, taking action in the realm of the spirit. And that is very important because remember, some we said, we've been repeating over the last few weeks that uh, certain things change in the natural when you take action in the spiritual. And your spirit, your human spirit is capable of taking action in the spirit. And number seven, uh, the human spirit has a function of growth. That is, you're able to grow. Just as in the natural, the physical person grows, the spiritual, the human spirit also grows, grows up into the likeness, the fullness, full measure of the stature of Christ. So seven functions of the human spirit. Well, the reason I shared that with you is that these seven functions of the human spirit can be nurtured, can be developed. That means you can become sharper and stronger and better and better in each one of these seven functions, or they can be neglected as well. And so uh, they don't develop at all. So the important thing is this, you are a spirit being, your spirit man is capable of functions that need to be nurtured and developed. And when you are able to operate in the spirit, there is so much more that you can accomplish both in the spiritual realm and in the natural. The second important thing I want to emphasize here uh, from a, a believer's perspective of spiritual realities is this, that as spirit beings, we relate to God in the spirit. This is so important, that as spirit beings, we must learn to relate to God in the spirit. We have said many times earlier, uh, we've quoted from John 4, verse 24, that God is spirit. See, God is a spirit being. He's a being who belongs, who dwells in the spiritual realm that's outside of this natural realm. Now, of course, he can step into our natural world and he exerts power and influence, all of that in the natural world, but he is a spirit being. And so, what does that mean to us? It means that when we relate to God, first and foremost, we relate to him in the spirit realm. God is a spirit. He created you as a spiritual being. He created us as spiritual beings. And he wants us to relate to him spirit to spirit. Uh, 
God is a spiritual being. He created us as spiritual beings. And so we relate to God in the spirit. And so your spiritual functions are so important because it's through the spiritual functions that you and I actually relate to God. The mistake many of us believers make is this. You know, we want to relate to God in the natural. So we are looking for some sense in the physical or some sense in the emotional. That's the wrong thing to do. God is spirit. You are a spiritual being. And so God has designed you to relate to him in the spirit, spirit to spirit. We saw, we saw John 4, 24. Jesus said, those who worship God must worship him in spirit and truth. That means as a spiritual being, you worship him. Of course, your soul, your mind, and your body also belong to God. But God is not as impressed by, by the body. You know, he's not just looking for natural sacrifices. He's looking first and foremost for your spiritual being to engage with him, to worship him with your spiritual functions. So that's why your spiritual functions are important because we worship God in spirit and in truth, in sincerity, uh, in gen uh, with a genuine spirit, genuine heart. Uh, Paul also wrote in Philippians 3.3, 3, he said, we serve God or we worship God in the spirit. So we must understand as spiritual beings, we first of all relate to God uh, who is spirit. Now, of course, God also created our minds, our soul, and our body. And so there are times that God will uh, touch our soul and our body. Uh, of course, he will do that. Uh, uh, and uh, he moves, like we said, he, he moves in our natural realm. But first and foremost, we must learn to relate to God in the spirit. And as an extension of that, we can also say this, that God speaks to us in the spirit realm. That means if you want to hear God, you're not, you and I are not going to hear God with our physical organs. We all know that. Uh, we're not going to hear God with our intellect, our mind. We all know that. If we want to hear God, we're going to hear him first in the spirit. The Bible says in Romans 8 and verse 16 that the spirit, that is God, the Holy Spirit, bears witness with our spirit. So the spirit bears witness. He speaks to, he testifies, he gives his voice. Where? In the spirit. The spirit bears witness with our spirit. So if you and I are going to hear the voice of God, and Jesus said we will, he said, my sheep will hear my voice. So if we're going to hear the voice of God, we must understand. We're going to hear his voice in the spirit, not in our soul, not in our body. Now, there may be occasions when um, you can hear an audible uh, voice, the voice of God audible in the natural realm. That's very rare. That's occasional. Or sometimes you may have something that's very, you know, that, that stirs up emotions. But normally... God speaks to us in the spirit. So as we worship God in the spirit, we must also learn to listen to God in the spirit. Your spirit functions are so important because if you want to hear God, you're going to hear him in the spirit. So this is why for a believer, the spiritual part of us is so important. You know, Paul expounds on this in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 through 16. And it's a wonderful passage to study. Uh, let me just highlight a few things from there. What Paul says is that God has prepared amazing things for us. What eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, man, which man has not even imagined. God has prepared such things. But then he says in verse 10, but God reveals them to us by his spirit. So how, God, how is God going to reveal that? By his spirit. So obviously, where does his spirit reveal it to us? He says in our 
inner man, a spirit man. So it requires that function of the spirit, which we said as knowing, the ability to know things of the spirit, the ability to perceive things, the ability to spiritually discern things, the ability to receive revelation, that function of the spirit, our spiritual person, our spirit being. God speaks to us there. He reveals it to us there. And so Paul says, the natural man, that is the man who's operating just by his intellect or by his body, the natural man does not understand the things of the spirit because they are spiritually understood. That means you've got to understand them in the spirit. So how does God speak? God is spirit. He speaks in the spiritual realm. If we want to hear God, we also have to step in to the spiritual realm. This has an example. You know, uh, uh, let's say uh, you have, uh, you you get into a zone where there is FM radio. Now, uh, let's say there's a radio station broadcasting in FM. And you come in there and you come in with a device that does not connect to FM signals. Now, that device may be perfect, but it's not suited to receive FM signals. It's not going to help. It's not going to be able to receive. If you want to receive those signals that are sent by the radio station, you need a device that will step into that realm, that will be able to get into the FM signal range, tune in, and then receive. That's the same thing. Most of us are operating in our soul and in our body and we are wondering why we can't hear God. Well, because God is in a different realm. He is in the spirit. And he says, if you worship, you want to worship me, you got to worship me in the spirit. If you want to listen to me, you got to listen to me in the spirit. And I, he designed you and me as spirit beings. So in the spirit is where we hear God. In our spirit is where we can hear him. We can receive his knowledge and understanding and so on. Those spirit functions. So. The spirit person, your spirit person, your spirit being is so important for you to hear from God and listen to what God is saying, for you to experience him, for you and me to really worship him. And uh, so we must be in the spirit to hear God. We must be in the spirit to worship him. Now, of course, once you're in the spirit, your soul and your body will follow. That means your mind will begin to understand what God is saying. Once you get it in the spirit, then your spirit communicates it to your soul, which is your mind, your brain, your reasoning, the functions of your brain. Your mind understands it, and then your body begins to go about obeying it. So they will follow, but you first worship God in the spirit. You hear him in the spirit because God is a spirit being, and he wants us to relate to him in the spirit. right? And... Uh, we must learn to come into subjection to the father of spirits. We read about this in Hebrews 12, 9. Uh, he, he tells us how that how God works with us. Uh, he lovingly corrects us so that we can come in subjection to the father of spirits. What does that mean? It means that I come in complete surrender and yieldedness to the father of spirits. He's the originator. He's the source. He's the one who created my spirit being. And so I bring my spirit being in subjection to him and just walk aligned with him. So that's the second truth that you and I must understand as believers when it comes to spiritual realities, that we relate to God 
as spiritual beings. And so therefore our spiritual functions are very important in order to relate to God, worship God and serve God in the spirit. Number three, as spirit beings, we live out of what God has done for us in the spirit. This is very important for us as believers to understand. We live out of what God has done for us in the spirit. Now, I have spoken about this in times past, and I'm just going to repeat this. The way God works is this. God completes things in the realm of the spirit, and then he invites you and me to live out of that in the natural realm. See, you and I are living in the natural realm. God is in the spiritual realm. God completes the work in the spiritual realm. That means he says, look, I've done it for you. I've completed the work. You don't have to do it. I've done it. I've finished the work in the spiritual realm. All I want you to do is to live in the natural realm out of the work I have completed for you in the spiritual realm. So God finishes the work in the spiritual realm, and he tells us to live out of it in the natural realm. And we can prove this by numerous New Testament scriptures, right? But I, I want us to just follow, you know, what God has done for us in the spirit. You know, before we were born again, before we came into God's kingdom, before we came in subjection to the Father of spirits, uh, when we were unsaved, the Bible says spiritually, spiritually we were dead. Dead meaning it doesn't, doesn't mean that our, our spirits were not existing, our spirit beings existed, but they did not have the life of God. We read about this in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1, 2, and 3, and also in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 to 19. The Bible says we didn't have the life of God. And so we, uh, we walked according to the ways of this world. We lived essentially just according to our flesh and according to our soul. But then when we were born again, what happened? Our spirit came alive. We received the life and the nature of God in our spirit. So remember, one of the functions of the spirit is that of a container, a house, a dwelling place, a carrier. And so God imparted his divine nature into our spirit. So in our spirit, we are partakers, the Bible says, of divine nature. We are created in the image of God and righteousness and true holiness, that in the spirit, God did an amazing work. The Bible says we became new creation. We're not becoming new creation. You became. He completed the work. He did it. You are a new creation in the spirit. And in the spirit, God uh, changed our identity. So we, he brought us into Christ, the Bible says. He brought us in union with Christ. So imagine uh, uh, what an amazing thing that our spirits have joined together with Jesus Christ himself. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 17 that we are joined together with the Lord. We've become one with him, spiritually one with him. So God completed this work. He made us new creation. He put us in Christ. And in Christ, he said, I'm blessing you with all spiritual blessings. I'm giving you a new identity. I'm putting my mark of ownership on you. I'm declaring you the righteousness of God. I am declaring you the redeemed of the Lord. I'm declaring you a son and a daughter of God. I'm declaring you the heir, an heir of God. I'm declaring you a joint heir with Christ and so on and on and on the New Testament unveils all that God did for us completed the work for us in Christ 
So this took place in the spiritual realm. And that's why the Bible says that God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. That means in the heavenly realms, in the spiritual realms, God has blessed us with all of these things. He's already given it to us in the spirit. So, you know, you and I actually don't have to go and ask God to bless us. Uh, God says, I've already blessed you. You and I don't have to ask God to make us righteous. He's already made us righteous. So this is how God works. He completes the work in the spirit. And then in the natural realm, he says, I want you to live out of it. I've already blessed you. I've already made you righteous. Now walk as the righteousness of God. Walk the holiness of God. Live out of what I have done for you. And so, you know, for us as believers, we must learn to see ourselves as who we are in the spirit. Because in the spirit, we have a new identity. And that's what the next series of messages, which we will start uh, in a couple of Sundays from now on our identity in Christ, deals with. We're going to uncover or discover our identity in the spiritual realm. You'll be amazed at who you really are in the spiritual realm. That that's your identity. Just as in the natural, like we said earlier, our outer man gives us a physical identity so that people recognize us. In the spiritual realm, God has given you a wonderful identity so that when the spirit world looks at you, they see you for, through what God has done for you in Christ. That is your spiritual identity. Now, as believers in the natural realm, walking in the natural world, we have to learn to live out of that spiritual reality that is there in Christ for us. We have to learn to live out of that. And so how do we do that? We must learn to live by the word of God and by the spirit of God. You know, that's what the Bible, Jesus taught us. He said, you know, man will not live by bread alone, but by every word of God, every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. So we live in the natural realm by the word of God, because it's that word of God that enables us to live out of that completed work that, we have, that has been done for us in the spiritual realm. And we also must learn to walk in the spirit. That's why in Galatians 5, the Bible tells us in verse 16, verse 18, and verse 25, it says, be led by the spirit. You live by the spirit and you walk in the spirit. That means your entire existence in the natural realm should be empowered by the Holy Spirit. So as believers, we must live in this natural world out of the spiritual. And the way we do it is by living out of the word of God and out of the Holy Spirit of God. And as we walk by the word and as we walk by the spirit, what we are doing is we are living out of the spiritual into the natural. But we must learn to do that. And that's what God is calling us to do. And, and, and in that connection, uh, I want to encourage us to you know, develop and strengthen our spiritual functions. Just two more points that I want to share with us here about the believers are living out of that spiritual life. Number four, and I'll be quick on this. Number four, as spirit beings, we walk by faith in God and with a renewed mind. So while we are living in this natural world, remember we are actually spiritual beings living in the natural world. This outer man is what enables us to live here. Now you can just imagine, and this, is, this may not be a great analogy, but think about the time when man landed on the moon. 
Now, man was not designed to live on the moon. So what did he have to do? He had to get into a space suit, something that enables him to move in that, in that, on that planet and live there or be there for some time. Uh, so you can imagine, this is, this is not a perfect analogy, but while we are here on this earth, we are spirit beings, and our body and our soul and our body is like our space suit. It's like our suit that enables us to operate in the natural. But inside the space suit of the body and the soul is the real person, that's a spiritual being. He is from a different realm. But he also has the capacity, because he's got the space suit of the body and the soul, he also has the capacity to operate in this natural realm. But it is not just the suit that's operating, it's the person inside the suit that's got to live through the suit, the space suit or this body and the soul. And what about the person who is inside? How is he going to live in this natural realm? He lives by the word of God, and with a renewed mind. He lives by faith in God and with a renewed mind. So number four, as spirit beings, we walk by faith in God and with a renewed mind. So uh, the spirit being begins to engage with this natural world by faith in God and with a renewed mind. That means as I face the situations of life, my soul, my mind will process things here which is fine, which is needed. But then my spirit looks at it through the eyes of faith. So what does that mean? The Bible teaches us that we walk by faith, not by sight. The Bible teaches us that faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. That means the eyes of faith is not confined to the five natural senses uh, which the soul uses to engage with the natural world. But the spiritual man is looking at things through faith. The man says, what, is, what did God say about this situation? What, what did God say he will do or he, he would, uh, you know, uh, what did he have to, what did he say about this matter? And so the spirit being brings faith to bear on the natural circumstances of life. And then when we walk by faith, the Bible says we overcome. That's why 1 John 5 and verse 4 says, you know, whoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is a victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So when we walk by faith in the natural world, we live victorious. We live as overcomers. We're not restricted and confined and limited just to the natural world, but be able to live as overcomers. So that's number, number four. As spirit beings, we must walk by faith. And we must walk with a renewed mind. Our mind is not just going to think according to the natural. Our mind is also going to think according to God's ways and God's thoughts. That's a renewed mind. That is a mind that is able to look at the natural in accordance with God's ways and God's thoughts. That's a renewed mind. And so God says, that's how I want you to live on the earth. Live by faith in God and with a renewed mind. Of course, this is possible to us by the Word of God and by the Spirit of God. But that's how we must live as believers. And lastly, in closing, as spirit beings, we set our gaze on the eternal. 
This is another important part uh, of how we live in this world as spirit beings. Paul brings this out for us in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, verses 16 through 18. He says, therefore, we do not lose heart. He's talking about all the challenges and things we face in the natural world. We don't lose heart. He says, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man, the spirit man, the real you, the spirit being, the inward man is being renewed day by day. Of course, the outer man, the body uh, is growing old. Uh, he says it's perishing, but the inward man is becoming stronger. It's being renewed. And so he says, for our light affliction, the challenges we face on the earth, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. It's only bringing us closer to all of those wonderful things lying ahead. So then he says in verse 18, this is how we live. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So our gaze is on the things that are not seen. So that's how we live as spiritual beings. Our, our focus, when we look at things, we look at things beyond just the natural. So it's not about just, you know, my job, my career, my home, my family, the money I make, the, you know, the wealth I accumulate. Uh, you know, all of that has its place and has its uh, place of importance. I'm not denying that. But our gaze is on what? is beyond, on the unseen. So we look, we ask ourselves questions like, how does this matter for the kingdom of God? How does what I do, how can it have an eternal lasting fruit? How can I lay up treasures in heaven, not just here on earth? So we begin to think like that because our gaze is on the unseen. Our gaze is on the eternal. And that's why for a believer, uh, uh, you know, he is willing to let he or she, as believers, we are letting, ready to let go of our money and, and invest it for the purposes of the kingdom of God. Why? Because we see that when we do that, we are gathering fruit for eternity. We are doing something that will have an eternal effect when we impact somebody's life for the kingdom of God, when we go out and serve people, uh, when we go out and give into their lives, whatever we do. We are thinking that way, that if we can impact lives for eternity, we are gathering fruit uh, for life eternal. And so we live life with our gaze on the unseen, our gaze on eternity. We look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Because the things which are seen are temporary. They're going to pass away. But the things that are not seen are eternal. So we are looking at the things that are not seen, things that are eternal. And as spirit beings, that's how we live. Let me repeat these five uh, statements I've made about how we as spirit beings, as spiritual, as believers, live in the natural world. Just five things. We're going to build on this uh, in the weeks to come. Number one, we said you are a spirit being. We highlighted seven functions of the human spirit. Number two, you as spirit beings, we relate to God in the spirit. We must connect with God. We fellowship with God. We commune with God in the spirit. Number three, as spirit beings, we live out of what God has completed for us or what God has done for us in the spirit. Number four, as spirit beings, we walk by faith in God and with a renewed mind. And number five, as spirit beings, we set our gaze on the eternal. We look at things that are 
eternal. You know, uh, sometimes I feel like, you know, I've, I've tried to communicate so much in such a short time. Each one of these points, we could spend hours uh, digging into it and trying to understand it. But my prayer is that these truths will settle in your heart, uh, that, uh, that you will catch them. You will get a hold of them, that it will capture you in your spirit, that you will begin to live out of your spirit, that you will begin to say, God, I want to develop my spirit in person. I want to develop the functions of my spirit being. I want to be able to be strong in the spirit so that I can serve God in the spirit and I can serve people from the spirit. You know, when people call with various uh, challenges, uh, we're not, we, in the natural, we may not be able to do anything to help them, but we know that in the spirit, we can help them. That through, by taking a hold of things of the spirit, we can minister to them, we can bring, uh, make a difference in their lives. And sometimes it's so amazing how some of the things that happen uh, when we minister out of the spirit into the natural and things just happen. And we know that uh, it's just the spirit you're, you're bringing change into the natural through the spiritual. So I want to encourage you to develop your spiritual being and begin to engage with God and the Spirit because you will have much greater impact and much greater influence for the kingdom of God if you'll invest into your the development of your spiritual being. Next Sunday, we're going to talk about rules of engagement. How do we engage with the spiritual world in order to bring about change? in the natural world. Don't miss a message next Sunday. Make every effort to share this message that you've heard with others. Encourage them to, you know, just pick up on the series and build up, build themselves up in the spirit uh, so that together the body of Christ can be strengthened and God's people in different parts of the world can begin to have impact and influence for the kingdom of God. We're going to prepare to close off this service. I want to give an invitation for any person uh, who's tuned in, who's watching, who's listening. Uh, maybe you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ. And I just want to invite you today, if you're not born again, if you've never received Jesus Christ into your life, pray a simple prayer and say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and have it in abundance. He came to give us life. And when he gives life to your spirit, like we heard today, you'll come alive. You'll get to know God. You'll get a fellowship with God and live out of the realm of the spirit in the natural. All you need to do is to say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died for my sins on the cross, that you were buried and that you rose up again, and that you're alive today. Come into my life. Forgive my sins. Make me a new person and help me to follow you and you alone the rest of my life. If you just pray a simple prayer like that, he will come in. He will change you, make you a brand new person and you will begin to experience him working in you and through you. I'm going to let the worship team lead us in a few moments of worship. And then we'll be back. Just take a moment to pray for people and minister and just uh, pray for people. And as we do, expect God to touch you where you are. We'll have the worship team lead us. I'll never be the same again. Can never return. I've closed the door. 
Thank you, worship team. I'm going to take a few moments just to pray. And uh, from right where you are, I just I want to invite you to say, God, touch my life, intervene in my life situations. You, so, you see, in the realm of the spirit, there is no, there's no uh, distance or no time and distance don't matter. It doesn't matter what day and time here I am, what, uh, what day or time it is that I'm praying here at this moment. And it doesn't matter when you are going to get to watch or listen uh, to this prayer. That doesn't matter at all. And it doesn't matter which part of the world you are. As we pray here, I want you to expect God to touch you. The same Jesus who lived on the earth during the times of the Gospels, the miracles that he did, he does those same miracles today. He heals people. He heals the sick. He heals the brokenhearted. He sets the captives free. He breaks bondages. He sets people free. He intervenes in life situations. He works miracles today. He does the unexpected. He still multiplies five loaves and two fish to feed thousands. He still uh, does amazing things in people's lives. So I want you to expect that as we pray.
Lord, I just join our hearts together. We join our hearts together with people as we pray, God, right where they are in their life situations. God, I pray that you will meet their needs, intervene in their life situations. God, for those who are um, broken, who are going through great grief and sorrow during this time, comfort them. Let them experience your strength, your encouragement. Let them have the courage inside them that says, I rise up and move forward. I'm going to rise up from where I am and I'm going to keep journeying forward. I pray that today such kind of inspiration will come to the hearts of many people who, um, whose lives may have been filled with sorrow, but this very moment, let encouragement come. Let the presence of God fill them encouraging them to rise up and saying, I'm moving forward. I'm not staying here. I'm moving forward into the purposes of God. Lord, touch such people today as they listen. Lord, I pray for those who have been awaiting and desiring God to uh, see things begin to move, begin to accelerate in their lives, things to start moving in their lives. Father, I pray today that there will be uh, uh, your uh, a release of your presence, of your intervention in their lives, so things will start moving, things will, things will start picking up, and they will start moving forward uh, in their lives, Father God. I, I pray that there will be uh, people who will be released, oh God, from things that seem to be holding them down, um, uh, things that have been holding them back. They feel like they're not able to move forward. They feel like they're not, they're tied down to something. But today, as we pray, let there be a release from things that are holding them down so they can move forward in life, so they can begin to uh, move forward with great speed into the things that you have assigned for them and put in their hearts uh, to move into, Father. I pray that these things will happen in their lives, that today there'll be a release by the power of your Spirit, and they'll begin to journey into very quickly and the plans and purposes of God. So I pray over people. Thank you, Father God, for doing these things. Thank you for causing people to be released into their destiny, into what you have in store for their lives. We thank you, God. I pray that each one of us will develop our spirit functions, grow strong in the spirit, and uh, uh, enter into the plans and purposes of God for our lives. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for being with us. We look forward to seeing you again next Sunday. Make sure you share this message with as many people as you can. God bless you. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, our Heavenly Father, and the sweet fellowship of His Holy Spirit be with each of us always. Amen. Thank you for listening. We trust this message was a blessing to you. For more free resources, including sermons, sermon notes, publication, please visit apcwo.org. For information on APC Bible College in Bangalore, please visit apcbiblecollege.org. Please remember to download the All People's Church Bangalore app from the app or Google Play Store.